0: You're tuned into Cowl Fans, a popped-off production, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from Tampa, Florida, in our respective homes. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And Overwatch League is this weekend.
1: <clears throat> it's finally here. It's finally it's here. Less less than a week.
0: Super exciting, super exciting, but. We have lots of things to go over because all of a sudden, in the past couple weeks, Overwatch League has announced everything we've been waiting for.
1: In in, in true Overwatch League fashion. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> yep. All at the true. last minute. <laughs> it's very accurate. So we're going to jump right in uh, to the fact that there. For those of you who haven't heard, there's a gigantic coronavirus outbreak in China. Mm. It's bad. People are getting very sick, people are dying, and in response to it, the Overwatch League has elected to cancel all of the Chinese homestands for February and March. Was it April 2? Uh,
1: no, just February and March so far.
0: Right. So, um, this is kind of a big deal, because some of those, not some of them, most of those Chinese homestands were going to be sold out of in massive yes. spaces.
1: And they're early. Um because how how the overwatch league is scheduled right um you have your two weeks of interdivisional homestands um so there's going to be one for every division all four of them but then after that pacific east hosts like pacific west for six weeks or something like that yep so it's not like we're missing a small amount of homestands it's like literally half the homestands that were planned for February and March were taking place in China. So it's it's definitely a big hit for the league monetarily. Um, and, And it's unfortunate, but it's also a good early reminder that with an international league, there's, you open yourself up to more international problems right Mm -hmm. um the benefit also being though it's not a completely chinese league so they don't have to shut down entirely it's just four teams home stands right so
0: so you're gonna probably hear me parrot this a lot to in this episode but um i don't think this would have been as big of a deal if we had moved to the home and away format that we were initially planning to half our games home half our games away it would have been really easy for them to just take these games because many teams played right. one another twice, um, right. and and gone okay. All these games that are gonna be home games in China are now gonna be away games in somewhere else for you, and we'll give you right. your home games back later in the season. That would have been a super easy little adjustment for them to have made, but instead they have to cancel these massive events mm-hmm. that are planned only for this chunk of the season and aren't supposed to happen really again later. There's, like, two times when you get to host. And they're huge events.
1: Yeah, so they'll host, like, later in the, like, summertime. They'll host the Atlantic North, so.
0: Right. And these these issues wouldn't be issues nearly as much if they were going to play simply half of their games in China and half of their games Mm -hmm. away. They could have had the beginning of their season become more away games so that they could stay out of China until it was safe. Yep. And then the end of their season, they could have retracted more into home games. And and this is just this is just a huge like point as far as I'm concerned, in favor of not having done this homestand thing. I really I, I've not liked it from the beginning. It's never felt good and, and here's here's another piece of the puzzle for me telling me that this homestand format was not a good plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about before how it definitely seems more uh, league friendly and broadcast friendly than it feels team friendly. Um, maybe the exception being your um, your foreign teams. Um, I imagine it's a lot more travel for your Pacific East teams and your um, your like Paris and your London teams. Um, so I-, I could see how it's more stressful for them, and they like the homestand model. But it is kind of coming back to bite them now. The interesting point. And you kind of alluded towards it. You were saying like how we could just host um, the teams away rather than home. Um, We don't know how these homestand cancellations are going to be handled. Right. right? Um, We're recording this. It's 7.15 Eastern time, uh, (laughs) Monday morning. So... I'm assuming there's going to be an announcement today. I'm hoping there's going to be an announcement today (laughs) because four days until the homestand, uh, or until oh, I guess they've got an extra week. Shanghai doesn't, or uh, the Pacific East homestands wouldn't have been until week two. But still, it's like it's almost time to go, right? Yeah, we need we should we should know what's going on soon. Um, we don't know how these are going to be handled. Are they going to be hosted in a different location physically? Um, will there be a crowd at said show or will it just be like kind of closed studio so they could play on LAN or will it be online? Um, Shanghai Dragons released an early statement about the cancellations of their homestands that said the matches would be online. They took that down and then apologized saying they just, they didn't have league confirmation yet, whether that's true or not. And they, the league just didn't want to announce it. I'm not sure. Yeah. it's, it's going to be a big question because one of the other things, like the idea is, okay, maybe they could just like get the Blizzard Arena. So, um, the U.S. is not allowing um, foreign nationals or non-U.S. citizens, I can't remember the terminology they use, but anyone who's visited China um, within, I don't know if it's the last two weeks since they made the declaration. And it's like a hard date somewhere in the middle of January or it's like a moving two-week process. But anyone who's visited China, anywhere in China, cannot enter the United States. Mm-hmm. So even if you wanted to change the location to, like, Los Angeles and just have all the teams play there for a few weeks, like it's it's not even an option for anyone who isn't Nero <laughs> Right. Um, on most of the Pacific East teams, because they have all been in China, um, with maybe the only people we don't know where they've been is Hangzhou Spark. Maybe they were already in Seoul. Um, but all these scenes have been in China. Chengdu, as far as I know, still in China. Um, so it's going, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Um, maybe they host them all in Seoul because Seoul is only banning those who have been in, uh, like Wuhan's province or I forget what it's called, like Hubei or something like that. I don't remember. Um, but so, yeah. so maybe you could host them in, in Seoul. Maybe that's an option. Can you secure a venue in time? I don't know maybe you could just like borrow the OGN theater again Um, that would be dope actually (laughs) Um, (laughs) but there's there's a lot of question marks right Um, and hopefully we'll have some news soon and hopefully it isn't delayed because a delay would especially for these first four weeks is going to have big impacts because of a very certain new system that's going to be Coming into play. Mm-hmm. If we're ready to talk
0: about that. No, no. We've got two other things to go through. Slow down. Okay. All right. Okay, Slow down. We're getting off of this. We're getting off of this. we got to move on. we got to move on to Custa being a giant freaking leak boy. <sighs> yes. So, yep. First off, before we before we even get into Custa's leaks, I think it's worthwhile to point this out. Custa has been leaking for a long time. He is very unaware of what he's saying and when he is saying it. And, and the guy just, the guy really just like, he needs a, pro, like a, not well, a bodyguard. He needs somebody with him at all times going, uh, uh. nope, until we don't say that. Until this
1: time, it wasn't his fault. The first time he was having a private conversation and didn't know that someone had a stream just running in the background while he was having said private conversation. And then the second time, he was like, can I say this? And then Sideshow was like, yeah, it's fine. We'll post it after the Valiant announced their roster. Whoopsie. He forgot to s- stop it being automatically scheduled to go on Spotify. So, first two, Sideshow's fault that Custa leaked these things. This one, totally on Custa.
0: Mm, I'm just saying it. It's just
1: yeah. It's, a, it's It hasn't been a a good off season for the boy.
0: No, no, it hasn't. And Not we a good we need introduction to the league in general. We need to just yeah for real. Yeah, Custa needs to get a little bit more on down there. Anyways, so Custa has leaked some some talent things. So tell us what Custa leaked.
1: So, Custa was streaming, um, and while he was streaming, for some reason, he went into his email. And it showed a invite that he had had um, from someone, some higher up in the in the league, with an invite for for a fitting, fitting and makeup, right? Like um, doing measurements, all that stuff, right? Um, and then, it, and you could see who was going to the event with him. Mm. Um, luckily, Jaws has been had been announced like four hours before that, so he didn't leak Jaws. But it did show reinforce as a part of that. It shows um, Uber, Mitch mm. Leslie, and um, it shows Mister X, Matt Morello. All seem to be returning next year. And reinforce has since been announced officially. We're still waiting for the official announcement of Uber X. But
0: yeah, I I it, think, it, it
1: seemed, yeah I think it's safe to say at this deal. point in the game, anyways.
0: <laughs> um, Uber and Mister X not uh having announced that they're not coming back, I would have taken it as if they're coming back anyways. But right. still, custer's got to just get on his game and pay more attention to this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, this isn't gonna be good. Like enough. he leaked like the location of where it was gonna happen too, which brings in like security <clears throat> issues.
0: Yeah, none so, of that's good. None of that is they, good. Oof
1: just a problem I, I mean i don't stream i don't watch streams but i feel like pro tip don't open your your email on stream
0: i mean have you noticed there that could
1: be personal information right have at you, any point
0: have you noticed that discord goes into stream mode guys like that's for your protection yeah like we all need that don't yeah,
1: if, you're, if you're checking your hmm. email do it on that one screen that you have that your viewers can't see I or on know, like a totally different it, computer or you know something you have it <laughs> yeah. yeah your your laptop whatever the situation is right. just uh not 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 for your stream to see so, yeah so excited but happy to see Rein- like happy to see reinforced back on the desk very much very we didn't much really we get to talk about this <clears throat> probably too much on the podcast but we're both big reinforce fans yeah um so it's it's nice i I'm, I'm really loving the desk this year with custa and reinforce to have two analysts who actually have played at the highest echelon of overwatch um i, th- I think we're gonna get some really good insights like the desk last year was it was fun it was, it fun. was fun but were you really getting deep insights
0: only Some about time, only it, about a it, quarter it, of Sideshow the time.
1: Sideshow was giving it, right? Yeah, <clears throat> so like a quarter of the time, Sideshow would give you something good. Otherwise, he was just giving you something fun or you had bread. So, yeah. yeah. Um, with I think you should get a lot more consistently good analysis from those two while being able to keep it th- fun. I think Reinforce has grown a lot, especially with his, um, his personal streams, content, podcasts, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I'm excited to see his return now that he's been able to kind of build his brand and his showmanship a little bit more. And, um, I mean, we'll see how Custa is on the desk. He's a well-liked character. And I yeah, and he did a good
0: job casting during the World Cup, and I'm excited to see him. Yeah, It's going to be good. For sure. It's going to be good. Um, next thing, after talent, is where is this talent going to be broadcast to? Apparently YouTube. Yeah. So, big announcement. Overwatch is not streaming on Twitch. They're going to be streaming on YouTube Gaming. Which, um, does that mean? I don't. I didn't check this out. We don't need a separate app. It's just a It's just a part of YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: just it's just a part of YouTube. Perfect. Um, so you could either just literally go in the search bar and go to like over search Overwatch League and go to their channel, or if you click down on the left, there's like a YouTube gaming section, and then you'd be able to find it that way.
0: I think this um, is ultimately a really good move for our leak here. Just gonna go ahead and say that, and then and and then I'm gonna let you talk at me. Yeah, next. it's a, it's
1: a big a big a big smiley face. No more poggers. Just a big a big happy smiley blush face. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I think I think ultimately this is going to be good. Um, I think there are a little bit of pros and cons, and um, some of it is with how YouTube is built. But I think YouTube is going to allow uh, um, Overwatch League to reach a broader audience. Um, most Twitch viewers already know Overwatch League exists, right? Um, you, I, By this point, you probably already like it or you don't. Yep. Um, where there's probably a large audience who watches videos on YouTube, maybe watches Overwatch content on YouTube, and doesn't know the overwatch league exists or doesn't really tune in the broadcast because it's always on twitch and that's just an extra step they're not willing to take um but maybe if it was something to come across their their um their feed while they're browsing youtube maybe they tune in check out a match realize they really like it and stick around i mean that's how i got into overwatch it wasn't through twitch i was i didn't watch streams i didn't watch esports i just was Going to YouTube one night, I think, trying to find something to watch while I was eating my dinner or dessert or something. And there just happened to be some pro Overwatch stream going on. And I was like, hmm, well, I play Overwatch. What's? <laughs> I, well, I've heard about this eSports thing. Well, let's, let's just check it out. Why not? I don't know what else, what I should see. And ended up falling in love with it. I mean, here I am now having a podcast about it. Right, right. right. Um, so I think it really broadens our scope. Um, I think my word, my concern is though, I do have a concern is YouTube's layout. Um, I don't know how they're going to like bring in new viewership. Cause back in the day there used to be like, like Twitch has now, um, there used to be like a little, like kind of like a feed that wasn't necessarily personalized to you as much, but it was like, um, just things that were going on currently. Right. Um, like a big header kind of deal and it it would show like some live streams and maybe like some new music videos that came out or something where now the first thing that you go on is like recommended videos. And I don't know if the the live stream they're going to necessarily show up there. I would love there to be a spot where like, even if I don't watch overwatch content normally, somehow it flashes across my screen and lets me know that this match is taking place. Right. Right. Um, So at least my curiosity can be peaked without it having to just end up somehow in my, um, my recommended queue. Um, cause otherwise you have to scroll down to YouTube gaming for it to ever show up. And I don't know how many people are scrolling down to YouTube gaming, right? They're probably just going right to the search bar unless something catches their eye in their little uh, uh. two lines before then. So a little bit of a concern because back in the day, like on Twitch, you could be, they have those like five str- main streams going and like, usually the major esports are always there so you could see like okay what what's big going on right now on twitch right so we lose a little bit of that but hopefully it should be a good change overall um definitely a broader more more people use youtube period that's true Um, that's true so i I think it should be a positive change overall also you could rewind mid-match that's really dope (laughs) that's pretty cool. Yeah. Even as long as we get a clipping ability eventually, I think this this could definitely be a uh, a better viewer experience. I've I've watched streams, you've mentioned it too. The YouTube app works a lot better on your PS4 if you're a PS4 user than the Twitch app does. The Twitch app is hot garbage. It really so, is.
0: Yeah, for yeah. for the people who really <laughs> for the people who are consuming this on their TV in their living room, not on a computer. I feel like this is ultimately going to be a win for them. Uh, anybody yeah. who likes to gather around and have watch parties, YouTube is going to be, YouTube is a more stable platform. YouTube can broadcast yeah. in higher definition um, yeah. natively, too. more so than Twitch can. Um, now, I know that Overwatch League had to get special workarounds from Twitch to get their broadcast in full HD, but they're not going to need to do that on YouTube. It's built in. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just going to work. And I think ultimately, the only thing I think that is going to be a negative is sometimes when I was going to be on a car ride by myself and the game was going to be on, I would turn Twitch into audio-only mode, Mm. which is really more of a stopgap for the issue that was at hand, which was I couldn't watch, but I wanted to participate. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, the answer to that is for them to have radio broadcasters, not just on-screen broadcasters who are really doing more of a reading the kill feed, calling out what's happening, not so much diving into the experience of the strategy of what's going on on the screen Mm -hmm. because you can't see it from your car, from your radio, whatever. Um, Right. So I'm going to miss the ability to do that, but I would love to see somebody come out and Mm -hmm. start sort of radio broadcasting this because of that. I think that would be really slick.
1: Yeah, and I I think that would always be... that's like more of a local thing too, right? It's your local radio station, your local guy who's telling you about um, the Tampa Bay Lightning or whatever the situation, whatever your team is in sport is, right? Right. So you just you, you it, there's there's potentially a need for it and that a content creator could could decide that they wanna they wanna fill that fill that role.
0: Right. Um, but I think part of the reason that's but, not going to happen this year. At all, probably, because a lot of times you see teams sort of pick that up because they've got local buy-in. We have people who are in our area who want to listen to us and want to hear what's going on in the game, so they put it on actual radio broadcast. And while I wouldn't mm-hmm. expect Overwatch League to put it onto an actual radio broadcast, nah. um, I would fully expect that for this to happen, it's going to have teams with local buy-in already. And here mm-hmm. we are in this stands concept. There's only really four games in your local market going on for most people from your team they're just not gonna have it's not gonna happen they're not gonna do it like that if you're not having games in your area regularly which we're not having so i don't expect this to happen to really start developing in any market until um until the teams start to have real home and away game formatting true so okay but yeah, all in all, very happy about the YouTube thing. It's going to make my personal experience much better. I think it's ultimately going to make everybody's viewing experience better. Most
1: people have a YouTube app in their smart TV automatically built in. Right. There isn't a Twitch app so for most TVs. so Yeah, so you're already ready to Accessibility. go. Accessibility, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next thing on the docket, Hero Pools. Here's the big news, people. Whew. I have been thinking and pondering and... So, in case
1: you missed it, and you don't know what's going on, and you're expecting to tune into normal Overwatch this weekend, you are. Good job. But (laughs) four weeks from now, on March 7th, things are going to change drastically, and we're getting something called Hero Pools. This is coming to the main game, too, but I don't know as well how much it works there, because I don't care as much. But in the Overwatch League, how it's going to work is they're going to look at the most played heroes over the past two weeks um, before any given weekend of play and they are going to pick out randomly out of the most played tanks, DPS and support heroes. They're going to take one tank, one healer, and then two DPS and make them unaccessible to teams. Correct. So This is a massive change to the way that overwatch league is played um we've often had heroes define metas um throughout the history of the overwatch league um the introduction the introduction of sigma the introduction of Brigitte, right uh um, right. Widowmaker in stage one um diva in the days before overwatch league there's always been these big um these big heroes that sometimes take up like 90% of the the play. Lucia was another hero that's often got like ridiculous amounts of play time. Mercy from play.
0: time to time gets huge yeah. meta. Mercy in her. the
1: moth meta, right? Moira and has some heroes. shot time to shine too. Mm-hmm. So these these heroes who have had these big, big impacts in how Overwatch is played and basically had entire metas defined around them. If these heroes decide to pop up they will be popped out.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's some restrictions on this. Like the same hero won't be out of the hero pool two weeks in a row. That's uh, part of this. Be. What
1: they they actually can be. So
0: I I was reading that they would not be pulled out two weeks in a row. That they would. It
1: wouldn't necessarily alternate. happen. But if a hero is played a lot, it could take place. So, but if it's like, let's say a hero only got like sixty percent play time, maybe because it's always looking back two weeks, right? right? So if you look back two weeks and then you take out an entire weekend of play, their usage has fallen to like 30%, 20%. And so it's unlikely that they're they're going to be even a part of the, the draw this time. Interesting. Um, what could happen, if it was a hero that got like 100% play time for a weekend and they got taken out, now they're still at 50 and then only the other heroes have ro- r- risen to like 60 49%, whatever it is, that that hero could be taken out two weeks if they're especially broken okay so it, it's set up in a way that it allows heroes to come back after a weekend but they could stay out for two weeks but after two weeks they're back
0: okay uh let me see here i want to i want to read i want to read this correctly okay. here overwatch lee how hero pools work okay so there's a they will base a group of eligible heroes based on play rate data from the previous two weeks, mm-hmm. and they will randomly select them from those pools.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, no, no hero will be unavailable two weeks in a row. That's right here on the Overwatch League website. Really? Yep. Okay. Hero pools will not be used for any mid season tournaments, the play in tournament playoffs, or grand finals. Oh, so that's a big intrigue. that's a big piece of it because. Well, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Teams will be informed of each week's hero pool approximately one week in advance of matches. So those are the two big pieces. Um, This represents... This really represents a fundamental change in what is important in Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. And more so even than that. It represents that the Overwatch League just went from... It went, went from one extreme at the beginning of the last season to a new extreme at the beginning of this season. And the extreme that we're at at the beginning of this season will not be relevant for any of our tournaments or play-ins or playoffs, which is wild to me. This mm-hmm. this is absolutely bonkers. All right, so where, where are you at? Where are you at with this? So
1: right now i'm I'm kind of in a in a, in a wait and see kind of mode. Um, it is a little bit weird how these exist for like only the regular season and not the playoffs. They suddenly just kind of go away. That to me is weird. I almost feel like I'd rather have just one hero pool set based off usage over the entire regular season. um. But I, I think it, it could be interesting. Um, it could bring a lot of diversity of play. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to affect play all that much. Um, I think no. teams are going to have certain styles. Like right now, the um, the kind of the word on the street is that people have two modes of play. There's rush comps. So you can almost think about this, your classic GOATs, or like your, your okay. Team Fist Reaper, right? It's just you swarm as a death ball um, over the enemy team, or you're a poke comp. You take a advantageous position of the map where you have good sight lines, and you poke and prod at the team until you break their defenses, and then get some picks, and then push through them, right? Um, so those are like the two methods of play. And I think you'll just kind of see as heroes get banned, you just band-aid that a little bit of where they would fit in the comp so if sigma gets banned out maybe instead of running sigma Arissa, you run sigma reinhardt you just in... said sigma gets banned oh. out
0: get back to yourself man
1: sorry um Arissa reinhardt in mm-hmm. rush comps or um if you're doing a poke comp maybe you do like Arissa roadhog right um so there's there's some room to kind of like you mix and match there. I don't think it's going to be like Reapers band go dive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that it's going to be that drastic. I think you'll still see the same methods of play, but it will give you the opportunity to see see a little bit of different heroes. Um, the strategies might be a little bit different. The approaches, how much you see rush, how much you see pope, might change from week to week depending on the heroes that are missing. So I think I think overall it. It'll it'll be a lot for teams at first, but I think by the end of the season, they'll be used to it, and it won't be as impactful going forward once they kind of understand how to work around hero pools. But I think it's going to be a lot right off the bat. Um, And it might be too frequent, which I think is the most common complaint that I've seen, that it happens every weekend. And the notification that they get of when these Um, hero changes are going to be happening is very late because it's taking the data from that Saturday and Sunday and changing it. Um, Pacific East teams have brought up, so if there's a game that's happening on the West Coast um, and we wait until after that West Coast game finishes, like the the Pacific East, they're, what, 17 hours ahead of the West Coast? So they get notified of what the change is going to be they only have realistically four days to repair versus the other teams who have five and then you have to account for travel days and that sort of stuff so it could put them at a disadvantage Right. so it might might be too fast Um, and they might not they might want to notify teams sooner rather than later like don't look at this weekend's stuff look at the two weekends before that and let them know two weeks in advance um, of what the hero will be the hero pool will be two weeks ahead. Just some kind of little adjustment because I think right now how it's set up, it's going to be a little bit too overwhelming for teams, but I'm not totally opposed to hero pools in general as an idea. How about you?
0: Um, So I'm not going to say I'm totally opposed to this because I'm not. Mm -hmm. I am going to say I'm totally opposed to what they're doing because I am. Okay. Did you like that? Did you like that? Here we go.
1: Yeah. Here we go. All right. Break that down for me.
0: What just happened between Hero Pools, if you watch the developer update, they're also changing the way that they're patching the game. That's true, too. Um, They have gone, like I said earlier, they've gone from one extreme to the other.
1: <laughs> really? Yep.
0: Really hard. I mean, really yeah. hard. And it's nuts to me. And... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The whole point of a professional league is to have the highest possible level of play, which is fine. You can have the highest possible level of play within these parameters. That's a non-issue as far as I'm concerned. Um,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But what this does is we have a bunch (coughs) of teams and we have a bunch of personalities that we have built from a previous iteration. And we have now totally flipped that iteration on its head. And so everything that we've built up as the Overwatch League so far is now totally different. So there are some people who will very much enjoy the additional chaos of this new format. And it will be wonderful to them as viewers. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of their current viewers, because they... And and maybe it's not as many as I think. Maybe I'm a little crazy. I've been crazy before. But I think a lot of their current viewers who are enjoying themselves are going to enjoy themselves less with this sudden, everything changes every week now. And even if it's not a patch change, just four heroes that are different that you can't pick from anymore is going to change entirely what you're watching. And so for people who spent time having to learn to understand what was going on, they're never going to figure it out anymore, which is me. I am now never going to figure out week to week why we're doing what we're doing. Because I had to spend the time, it took me several weeks to really understand, oh, this is how this meta built up, that's why this happens, because I miss them the first week. I miss those Mm. kinds of things. And some weeks, I only get to watch a couple games, and so I really have to think about that. Um, So that's going to throw people like me off for a loop a lot. Mm. Um, The other thing is, they are not keeping it consistent into their tournaments, which means team recruitment has got to be the biggest nightmare that you have ever seen. <laughs> right? I mean, we just, it, coming out of the last season, all these people went looking around for the best of the best who did whatever it is that they did that the teams thought was going to be necessary. You know, we see these kinds of things coming, maybe these kinds of patches. We're going to anticipate right. these kinds of metas. And we're going to try and build ourselves around the way this meta might shift throughout the season. And now what they were just told is, no, every week is gonna be a meta shift. Basically. Yeah. So now yeah. you're not dealing with just trying to recruit the people who are, you know, this is my this is my uh main tank specialist, this is my off tank specialist, you know, because this week we might lose a main tank that's such an integral piece that we need to run dual off tank. Yeah. Um I, don't
1: know. I think I think I don't think that'll happen as much. I think, like, double flex support <clears throat> and double main tank or double off tank will be a little bit rare, um, except for cases where it was already strong, like you're already seeing Arissa Reinhardt. So, like, those sorts of things maybe you see pop up, right? Right. Um, but I think for the most part, I I'm, I don't think it's going to affect teams as bad as people are making it out to be. Like, if you're a smart team, you're already recruiting with meta shifts in mind. Yeah, um, but you, not you, weekly meta shifts team, in mind. If you team, are building a team, and you're just trying to get only people who are good at um, the May Re- Reaper comps that we saw during Grand Finals,
0: that's you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, that's bad. You're, you're
1: going to have a bad time. So we've already seen flexibility as king and something that teams recruit heavily for and look for. Um, when they're building these when they're building their rosters so i don't think that's going to be as big of a deal if anything it'll be a benefit for teams that are picking up specialists so like think nlayer in the past or like chips and now right um if doomfist isn't meta this week there's a higher chance that maybe based on what hero pools are, what heroes are gone maybe doomfist will be meta the, the next week so specialists have more of a place i think where if you get unlucky interesting you get a goats meta for three for three stages and then you get a stage of hanzo may widowmaker never becomes meta and then you find yourself without a team like n layer right so i think now there's more of a place for specialists okay um so teams can all right well let's get the flexible guys that we were already gonna get but this guy is just ridiculously stupid on this one hero. Let's pick him up in case we need to play that hero any given week. So,
0: I, I I wouldn't have thought that the specialist would have been more viable. I can sort of see that maybe. Um, my real issue is just that as you're doing this recruitment, <clears throat> most of these players, a lot of these teams that we've seen, like we saw teams that were really good in the first couple weeks of a meta because mm-hmm. they were really fast to just try new things out at random Mm -hmm. and then as things progressed other teams would come out as king as they figured it out and that's because the coaches had time to develop strategies about the metas that were going on and whatnot that's not going to happen anymore even some of your coaching staff choices are going to have to change because of this i think
1: yeah i think it's affecting the staff more than it's affecting
0: the players um but another thing that i think is you can't change them too much because then when you get into your mid-season tournament When you get into your playoffs, suddenly we're going back to a meta. Mm -hmm. And so now we need those coaches back. Now we need those players back who figure out and understand metas over some time. Mm -hmm. That's too much. That's too much different things going on. Too many different things, excuse me, going on. And so much just flipping back and forth between these two concepts. Like, we need to pick one. Yeah, I'd agree. And, I would say, and hero, this is hero
1: pools always or hero pools never, right? Sometimes,
0: and with the way that the Overwatch team expressed in their developer update that they intend to do patching, and the fact that Overwatch League is going to be trying to patch as fast as possible <laughs> into the live game to match the live game, this whole season is going to be a constant, never-ending meta shift. And I think that's going to be draining on your players who have to do more travel than ever. Mm-hmm. Probably if they don't do homestands again next year, if they move to a home and away, they're going to be doing more travel this year than they will in the rest of their Overwatch League career. They're also right. getting the introduction of this method that's going to cause them to have a meta shift week to week mm-hmm. and have constant, never-ending, pretty significant patching based on what Jeff Kaplan was saying. As an yeah. effort to kill metas. Like, this, the whole concept of Overwatch patching system at this point is going to be, we yep. don't want metas to last. So, <clears throat> I would be a lot more okay with it if it had been something that we had started with. Um, a lot of players, more so I think than just general Overwatch League fans, have been crying out for this sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they want it, but also... Right this doesn't seem good for a professional league that you want to show stability because right. this is a very literal introduction of massive amounts of chaos to something that you want to be very stable and long-lasting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not a fan of of that. Um, like I said, I think it would have been okay if that's sort of where we had come from and if we right. had done it. Like I don't dislike this entire concept. I just don't mm-hmm. like that we're implementing it i don't like the way that we're implementing it i don't like the time that we're implementing it i just Mm -hmm. i'm very frustrated like i would have liked
1: liked if they had made this decision back in october november had it ready for world cup got some kind of trial it at world cup let teams know so that for the past four months they could have been scrimming under this idea and not suddenly having to scramble to change the way they're scrimming the last two weeks before games start right because if you've been Um, scrimming
0: if you've been scrimming trying to figure out this meta forget it and how are um, you supposed to figure out what the hero pool is going to be you can't it's it's randomized there's no real way to do that except to go okay well for the past two scrims we used these four heroes the most so let's just pretend they (laughs) all got banned well right uh, that's probably not how that's going to work anyways
1: and for the first four weeks, it won't be in effect. Right. So there is that, but March 7th, it's here.
0: <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, you have some power rankings. And yes. and we really don't have the time for you to go over your power rankings in their fullest. Okay. So um, I would love for you to share <laughs> some of your tops and some of your bottoms.
1: Okay.
0: And then, uh, and then uh, we will um you know maybe make well, maybe we'll make we'll make a post about the rest of them you can uh, do a fun yeah. fancy write up yeah, maybe mm. you can post it on twitter and if you send it over to me i'll get it on the uh, facebook cuz facebook will let me do long format posting ooh okay
1: <laughs> oh. righty. well you want me to start at the bottom or the top
0: your pick your pick your power rankings, because right. i'm not power rankings. well uh,
1: we'll start at the bottom then get get the worst <coughs> out of the way so we'll do my bottom 5 i suppose um <laughs> So, coming in at 16th for me is the Dallas Fuel. So, unfortunate for a franchise that came in with such history, right? Right. Um, big expectations for them. I thought they would even do better in 2019. This year, I'm finally not on the Dallas hype train, and I've got them nice and cozy at 16th. Now, I think they are significantly better <clears throat> than the other four teams I'm about to name. Okay. But I consider them more similar to the four teams that I have above them. Um, So Dallas Fuel, they have actually an amazing DPS lineup. Um, Zachary and AKM are solid, but Doha, Doha, I'm going to go with Doha. Doha and Decay are sick. Really, really, really good DPS players. Um, And then you have Note, who's been a consistent main tank throughout his career and then gamsu as your tank line and gamsu has been a top main tank in 2018 and 2019 which most main tanks in the overwatch league were a top main tank either in 2018 or 2019 there's not a lot that got to hit those peaks twice okay so gamsu's proven talent he's already played with note in boston when they had the first perfect stage in the overwatch league um, back when it was harder, because you had to play every single team in the league. Right. So, very, very good tank and DPS roster, and I would put this team a heck of a lot higher if you didn't have probably no the worst support line in the league with closer and Unko. Um, Unko did impress me in 2019. Um, <clears throat> after Jonak. Um, we saw a huge influx of amazing flex supports in 2019, and in 2020 we're seeing an even bigger influx of amazing flex support players like Gangnam Jin, like Alarm, right? Right. Um, so there is just so much talent in this position, and Unco is now like maybe a bottom three um, flex support, and Closer isn't a ver- is maybe a bottom five or six main support so just there's there's not a lot of strength to be seen there they never really shown like they they had much synergy my only hope for this team is harry hook can carry hook on baptiste like he used to do on soldier 76 back in the day when you'd flex onto that pick <laughs> um other otherwise i i think this team will crumble under their support line um so, so that's why I've got them at 16. Um, the next four are a little less controversial, maybe, uh, although I think all these teams are pretty low in most people's power rankings. Next, I have the Boston Uprising um, at 17th, which is actually higher than I see them in most most places. But I think this team, although not good, does have some potential. Uh, we've already seen Fusions have some good highs. Um, I Bruce in, impressed me in the World Cup. Um, I like Swimmer as a main support. I think he's mechanically gifted and a intelligent player. Um, Nyongbang is nuts. Um, I hear Jerry might be nuts too, even though we don't really know much about Jerry. Apparently, Jerry's pretty cracked, And we've already seen Color Hex is pretty good. Right. So this team, to me, does have a lot of potential to even be better than this position. But they also have a lot of potential to just totally crash and burn and be last place in the league. So... I'm putting them kind of somewhere in between the two spots and, and say in 17 Um, it's it's, to me, they're the most exciting Boston roster that I've seen coming in. They've always been low in my power rankings, but this 2020 roster is my favorite right off the bat. Um, Will they surprise like the 2018 Boston or will they just implode like the 2019 Boston? I'm, We'll have to see. Okay. That's how I feel about Boston. Um, Paris, I have at 18th. I feel like this is a building year for them. Um, it's, it's the Sparkle waiting room for half the season. Um, <laughs> yeah. And until you have Sparkle, you're left with the worst flex DPS in the league with Nico. Um, I don't think Nico was a top caliber player back before the Overwatch League existed and he was playing on Rogue. I thought he was the worst player on that team. Um, mm. That hasn't changed at any point. Um, throughout his career for me I've never liked this player that much Um, and to know that you're basically fully relying on him as your only flex DPS until what late June when Sparkle gets in that's worrisome for me Um, and then there's a few other question marks too like I kind of like their support line but with how everyone's been upgrading will it be good in 2020 I could see it having an unco esque fallout like he did in 2019 um Questions on No Smite and Ben Best as a main tank line. Bernard isn't ready for the first two games of the match. Or Do they have – not Bernard. Um, excuse me. Hunvin. Hunvin mm. isn't ready for the first two weeks. So I, I think this is a building year for Paris. I think they'll be a good team in 2021. 2020, it, they're like the 2018 San Francisco Shock. Got to give them a little time to get the <laughs> to get the young players up, practice, and then they'll be a force to be reckoned with. Um, London Spitfire is coming in at 19th. Um, this team reminds me a lot of the 2019 florida mayhem or the uh, late 2018 florida mayhem (laughs) you've got one ridiculously good player in glister um i would say a little bit better than florida just because his hero pool is also ridiculous so at least glister can play everything where saya player was a little bit more constrained but outside glister there's not too much to be excited about this team this is the team that has Bernard when I misspoke earlier. Um, and I do like Bernard. Bernard's a good player, but that's that's about the only other person on this roster that I that I like. A lot. Their main tanks are kinda unproven. Um, I wasn't hot on highly when he was on the, um, Dynasty. the Dynasty. So I I don't I don't love it, but at least you have that one carry, unlike the twentieth place team, the LA Valiant. There's there's nothing going for this team in my eyes there's yep. i don't i don't like their tanks i don't like their dps i don't i i sort of like their flex support in last row and that's that's about it um i but this team it just doesn't have a carry um i think you could have any one of these players be on another overwatch league team and be good but all together they're just there, there's no there's no one they can rely on there's no one you could say okay if we just protect Saya player if we just protect blister maybe we have a chance to take a game right. there's no one that they can rely on like that so I, I think I think this team is going to struggle I wouldn't be surprised if they all never win a game
0: mm.
1: and I think they have very few chances to even take a match so that that team concerns me it's unfortunate especially since it they were good teams right. in uh, twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen.
0: <coughs> All right, <laughs> so, it was, so that's the yeah, bottom. Yeah. So let's go to let's go to the top. Let's, let's go, go to the top. top. Give me five. Give me five, real quick, and then let's get to the to the theoretical semifinals of Overwatch League twenty twenty.
1: All right. So <laughs> top five, um, coming in at fifth is going to be the Shanghai Dragons. So. The fifth team up are the only teams that I don't think have a single problematic player on their rosters. Okay. So that's that's why I have these teams in my top five. I think they're all championship contenders. Oh. Um, Shanghai Dragons are going to come in at fifth because even though Iziaki um, plus Ijegon might be the best support line in the league, DM, Fleta, and Ding is an absolutely terrifying DPS line. It's um, true. I think Fearless and Stan One and Void are just a little less un, or a little more unproven to me, um, than than the other DPS, uh, or than the other um, than the other tank lines. Um, maybe with the exception of the team that I have in fourth place. Okay. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit. I, I've never really liked Void all that much. I think Void is a good player. I just don't think he's a great player. I think he has a bit of a ceiling. um fearless he looked good on the shanghai dragons but he looked good on the 2018 shanghai dragons right right um i think he could be really good but still a little bit of a question mark performing at such a high level and stand one is was never even the most impressive main tank in contenders and that's like north american contenders we're not even talking about korean contenders right sure so I've got a lot of questions about their tank line, which is keeping me from putting them any higher. But this is a team with championship potential. Okay. Um, fourth is my most controversial pick, and I know it. I know it. And I know they could even bomb like they could be a lot lower, but I have to look at the raw potential of what teams could reach with their roster when I'm doing my power rankings. And for me, I have to look at the Guangzhou charge oh. as a team with just Brimming with potential. Shu is absolutely insane. Neptuno, absolutely insane. Your DPS line, Eileen, Nero, Happy. Three amazing players. Rio, especially going into hero pools. He might not be the best at any main tank, but he's so consistent on every single main tank. And then I think Krong is a very, very promising rookie um, flex tank player. So, this is a team that I see that has a ton of potential and the only reason they're probably not higher is they didn't quite realize that in 2018, so I'm hesitant to to say any more. But 2019? they don't have or yeah, in 2019. <laughs> but they yeah. don't have any big gaps like let's say the Florida mayhem with Chris, right? Or there's a lot of other teams like that that have these, these holes in their roster. that that prevent me from being this hot on them. I think if Guangzhou have the right coaching and can get these young players, because this team is really young, uh, if they can have leadership like Krusty was to the San Francisco Shock and really just push them them and realize their full potential, Guangzhou Charge could be a really, really good team. But if that potential isn't met and their youth gets the better of them, maybe they never realize it. But fourth place where I have them. Um, Third would be the New York Excelsior. I think they're a really good team that's only made upgrades. I thought the weakness last year was Mecco, even though he was a really good player. I thought he was the weakest link. And they fixed him up with Hoppa, who I think is one of the best flex tanks. And now you're going into hero pools.
0: We all know. Hopba's flexible.
1: He's flexible. He's got a ridiculous hero pool. Um, They're bringing in a new DPS with a lot of bite. With who are you? He's a very, very good player. Um, mm-hmm. He's had some attitude problems in the past, but you're going to be on a team with Sabiel B. I think he should be able to control those sorts of things, be a leadership figure, and um, kind of hopefully keep those attitude problems from um, showing their face. And then, I mean, you have your constants and Sabiel B, Libero, Mono, Jonak, Animo, right? Um, so I, I think this is a team that's always been good and made roster improvements to be even better. Um, Not much to say. Um, And then our potential grand finals. You want want me to uh, to kind of view it like that? Well, I think we're going to get a repeat of 2020, baby. San Francisco Shocking and Vancouver Titans. Um, We've already talked about the Vancouver Titans on the show and why we think um, the changes we made are actually good, unlike a lot of the Overwatch community who have them way way too low like ninth and tenth because of fissure like even if fissure does affect this team tenth people
0: yeah you
1: know, bomb this team that bad fissure he's, has never
0: been a bad tank
1: He's well yeah what has his team done bad when never bad. sure he's had some attitude problems he retired they were like there's no backup for him no. but he hard carried the la gladiators um, Fissure, Fisher, Fisher only teams. hurts
0: teams when he's gone. As long as yeah. Fisher stays on the team, yep. Fisher makes the team better.
1: he—he's—he's he's an amazing player, and like, I, if he is getting along with his team. Um, he, he should fit right into the system as we've discussed. And Vancouver Titans have looked ridiculous all year. They looked really good right at the start. They, they looked good before the Overwatch League. We switched away from GOATS and we we're like, oh, maybe Vancouver Titans won't look very good. <laughs> and then they looked really great. Like how many times are you going to say Vancouver Titans aren't going to look good and then just be proven wrong when they look good. They did it to you at the start of the season. People weren't hot on them then. And then Rolock comes in, people weren't hot on them again. And sure enough, there they are in the Grand Finals. Yep. So I think they've made some good changes. Ru hong should bring some good leadership into the team. And I think, um, I mean, Fisher has to have some respect there, I imagine. Um, he was on the Seoul Dynasty with Ru Hong. hong yeah. They both agreed to be on this team together. Um, so there's a level of respect there. And there'll be a level of respect with Ru hong He is probably the most respected player in the entire Overwatch League. So, it's true. I I think he should be able to keep um, Fisher's attitude in check because we didn't see Fisher's attitude really do anything to the Soul Dynasty. He just got I don't know depressed or whatever the situation was and didn't want to play the game anymore. But it didn't seem like it was any kind of team issue. Yeah. Um. So I think they're still number two, but. Number one, you're still looking at the San Francisco Shock. Like, this team is just stupid. You've got the best projectile duo in the league with Sinatra and Rascal. It's just absurd that you have those two players on your team. Stryker's ridiculous. We all know that. And he didn't uh, even have Arkansas. to play.
0: We haven't yeah. even needed to see Stryker. And I don't have any reason to believe that Stryker's actually gotten worse. Like, San I Francisco. Know. San Francisco always knew when they needed to swap people in. And the people mm-hmm. that they swapped in always performed right which tells me yep. that they are continuing to train them. They're continuing to have them scrim. They're continuing to have them do whatever it is that they need to do to be good and stay on top of things. So that tells me they're doing the same with Striker. Striker is a necessary piece of their team. He's mm. required for them to have a good hit skin, hero pool piece of this puzzle. Mm. And and they're taking care of that. I don't think the Strikers. uh right. I, I think what some people might be, might think that Striker could have gone downhill because he hasn't really been playing. It's
1: just his but, hero pool didn't fit the metas.
0: Right, I think that's the only reason. I think he's yep. going to do just fine.
1: And now they have so, like, and with hero pools, if the meta does change and they need to play a hero they haven't been playing, They've they the have got the deck killers on every hero. They're They've like, got them. There's, there's no bad situation for them. Maybe double flex tank is the only thing that can hurt this team, <laughs> right? Or maybe double flex support, even though I think Moth has played Ana a couple times and looked great. Um, I mean, and you have like these crazy things, like in a Baptiste meta, do you just play Rascal? Like, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) They have a stupid amount of options for this team. And it's just, they were so dominant in 2019. It took them a a little bit to, um, to warm up. Although if you remember, I was hot on them right from the start. I saw, I saw saw the brilliance. Um, (laughs) and then, and then they just, they've dominated ever since stage two, just, absolutely killed everything they did their their stage two run their lower bracket run in the in the um, playoffs just might might never be seen again right um just a ridiculously good team with a we've talked or we've mentioned very briefly how it's going to be important for your um coaching staff to be to have their stuff together yeah um Going into this hero pool thing,
0: and San Francisco's coaching staff has their crap together. Come on, <laughs> yeah,
1: come on. <laughs> they probably have the only proven coaching staff in the entire Overwatch League, um right. Which makes them incredibly hard to bet against. Just San Francisco Shock, number one. You're crazy if you say anything otherwise. There's there's nothing that that that's happened that can make you doubt that, at right? This time.
0: Yeah. So there you go. All right. So that's the power rankings. So. Can
1: I throw out Florida's number? Okay. Florida's yeah, yeah, yeah. We out? need I to do that. It. Throw Florida's, Florida's number. number. Eight. I have about eight people.
0: Florida. That feels There's good.
1: Year. Playoffs. Look yeah. forward to it.
0: <laughs> that looks good. I like it. I like it. All right. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> moving into week one, we have two homestands going on. They are interdivisional games. So. Yes. It is the, let me see if I got this right. It's the Pacific West hosting the Pacific West. Yep. And the Atlantic North hosting the Atlantic North. Nail it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm remembering stuff. I didn't even write that down. <laughs> That's not even in my notes, guys. You're welcome. Good job. Um, so uh, these homestands are taking place in Dallas and New York. Yep. Two of, honestly, the biggest markets, so the places that we're most likely to do really well on opening weekend. So that was... Mm-hmm. In the stupid homestand format, that was the smartest decision. And uh, yeah.
1: and it should work out to go back to back to back. So when matches end in New York, Dallas should pick up
0: immediately. Right. So... so you have a um, whole day of Overwatch. It, and now, I was looking through the schedule. There's only one day of Overwatch. Yes? It's just Two. Sunday?
1: No. There's February 8th and 9th. Saturday and Sunday.
0: Saturday and Sunday. So I missed... I missed something. Let me go back to the back to the league page. <coughs> Help me understand. Anyways, you talk about it while I figure out what okay. the heck is wrong with my life.
1: So, do you want me to? Uh, so, give us. You're not going to have all the teams there. So, right. <clears throat> Actually, I think you will have all the teams in this division. It's the next week where there's going to be some missing teams in the Pacific East and Atlantic South, but all the Atlantic North teams and all the um, Pacific West teams will be present. Um, for this weekend right so to to pick a match to look forward to honestly i think a lot of this weekend is going to be a lot of mixed matches um i have a lot of the teams in my top of my power rankings facing a lot of the teams in the bottom like the yep. higher excelsior <laughs> um yep. valiant titans right there's I'm gonna be that. a lot of brutal matches <laughs> this weekend
0: yeah um san francisco like, dallas oof
1: my matches to look forward to i think there's there's are are the bad matches? Oh no! But I think it's gonna be two bad teams going up against each other to prove who's not worse, right? Um, oh like no! Like we've got Spitfire versus Eternal. Um, this is this is Spitfire's chance to win. Um, <laughs> the the Paris Eternal don't have Sparkle, mm. obviously, but they also don't have um Hanbin. Hanbin doesn't turn eighteen until week two, so. This is the only weekend where Hanbin is not eligible for play, so they're going to be relying on Smex, which makes me think they're also going to be playing Fenbex. Who is? That? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, like, this is this is literally the weakest Eternal you're probably going to fight. Um, th- this version of the Paris Eternal might even lose to the LA Valiant, right? Like, this is this might just be the worst team in the Overwatch League just for this weekend. <laughs> um, so Spitfire, this is this is your chance, guys, this, to, to get London hype for one game. This is your shot. And then LA Valiant, you're fighting the Dallas Fuel, and although I think that's a mismatch, this is your only chance. Literally, besides this match against the Dallas Fuel, the only teams they'll play until the All-Star break are your five Pacific East teams who are... All Very good. Play. Um and then the only Pacific West teams that they play um in the uh, interdivisional home stands are the Titans and the Shock. So, this is it, guys. <laughs> if you don't want to have a losing record into the All-Star break, this is this is your only shot. <laughs> yep. It's true. So I, I'm looking forward. To, I don't think those are going to be high displays of Overwatch skill, <laughs> but I think they're going to be the only chances we have at close
0: games. Hey, with all this lives, wild chaos, they might turn out to be games. the height of Overwatch skill.
1: Well, I mean, it's the, <laughs> I there's no hero pools yet, so it shouldn't be too chaotic. It oh, that's just fair. So,
0: that's fair. Uh, I'm, not, uh,
1: I'm not expecting much. Week okay. two is going to be hype. Week one? Yeah.
0: Okay, well. Maybe I'll get proved wrong. yeah i think the only real piece of hype going into week one is the markets that they're in that's really it there's really not the games aren't fantastic the teams right the teams are mismatched
1: are better than i'm giving them credit for and gladiators titans will actually be good that's true it'll be a
0: good it'll be a good litmus test for the people who think the fisher are gonna ruin the titans
1: yeah I, i think i think for a lot of people who have gladiators high and titans low they're either gonna be right proven right or they're gonna be in for a rude awakening
0: yeah. So, okay. Well, cool beans. So that's it. You guys have it. There it is. Um, it's happening, and it starts on it's Saturday. Th- it's time. Finally, it's time, we everybody. It
1: survived the off season.
0: We did it. We so, made we it.
1: Be back regularly scheduled. Cowl fans that you know and love. If you've been a longtime viewer, if you're new, we're glad to have you back for the 2020 season, or to have you here for the 2020 <laughs> season. <laughs> to, uh, to enjoy our regular scheduled
0: shenanigans yeah shenanigans
1: it's gonna be great i'm i'm itching itching for some overwatch i've been filling it with hockey i've been i even watched a call of duty league i'm i'm ready what's wrong with you i'm ready to go back are you okay you must be sick i i i'm a little bit sick (laughs) i'm let's let's go fam let's go overwatch league Home stands, love them or hate them, they're still gonna be hype. Home games are gonna be cool. It's 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 the big season. It's it's the maker break, as people say. But it's the um, it's it's the first time Overwatch League is showing what it's all about. That's it. I'm excited to see it.
0: That's it. Well, that's all of our time for the day. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, make sure to check us out on socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. <clears throat> Facebook and Twitter, I mean, whatever. And, uh... I'm bad at Instagram, guys. I'm really bad at it. You don't even have a
1: studio to take pictures of anymore.
0: I don't. I don't. I could just take pictures of my desk. It's a disaster. Um, Take pictures of your cats. I could. That's true. That's true. But then Jordan looks at me and goes... uh, Sorry. Then Allura wife looks at me and goes, uh... And goes, uh... Are you using my cats for free publicity?
1: And then you can say yes. Yes, I
0: am. Yes. Still gets me in trouble, though, so um <laughs> thanks so much for joining us um thank you to pop top who helps us and hosts us i'm all off my game now thanks for that big thing i gotta go through my list hold on popped off thank you for all of your support and help remember we're available on youtube itunes spotify and google play make sure to follow us on socials i'm I'm Haller. and this has been Cowell fans we'll see you guys on monday